This week, we are talking about why typography is one of the most important aspects in being a good web designer and how you can get better at it. Are you ready? Let's go. What is up, self maders, and welcome to another episode of the Self Made Web Designer Podcast. You know, typography and web design is often something web designers think about last when they're working on a project. The checklist often goes something like this. Do I have good images? Check. Do I have a nice visual balance on my layout? Check. Do I have an appealing color palette? Done. Do I have good typography? Oh yeah, I, I need to think about that. But <laughs> typography often takes up more space in web design projects than any other elements. So if you want to be a good web designer, you've got to be good at typography. And this week I talk with Oliver Schondorfer. He's an app and UI designer from Austria who's really passionate about typography. And he runs an awesome YouTube channel called Pimp My Type, which is a great name. Well done, Oliver. Oliver made it his mission to help folks learn how to use typography in a way that takes your web designs to another level. And he's sharing his expertise with us today. But before we dive in, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast so you don't miss episodes like this and others with awesome guests like Chris Doe from The Future or Chris Coyier from CSS Tricks and other guests who are probably named Chris because that seems to be a popular name on the show. I don't know why that happened, but subscribe on whatever platform you are listening or watching and let's become best friends because that's what happens when you subscribe. You get a new best friend in your life and it's me, just in case you're wondering. All right, are you ready to dive into what you need to know about typography in web design with Oliver Schondorfer? Okay, let's do it. Well, hey, Oliver, thanks so much for being on the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. Good to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled, I'm honored, and I'm very, very much looking forward to light the fire for some pimp typography in the hearts and minds of the podcast audience and YouTube audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you are in the world, because obviously your accent is a little bit different than my accent. And uh, and give us give us just a brief background of who you are and what you do. Sure, sure, of course. Yeah, um, I'm from Austria, south of Germany, small country there. Maybe you know it from Christoph Waltz, <laughs> Glorious Bastards, and so on. <laughs> and this is where my accent comes from. And I'm a user interface designer and typographer here. And I also have a YouTube channel called Pimp My Type, where I want to empower people to. Yes, they leverage the best of their projects with some decent and pimp typography. And yeah, that's about the short story of this. Yeah, I think typography is such an interesting subject because it's something that web designers tend to think about last when it comes to the design components and getting good at typography, getting good at finding... Um, good places to put typography. There's so, I mean, obviously it's, it's an area of study all its own, you know, like you could go really in depth into typography talking about all the different things, but, um, maybe I think it, we, 
we should be a little more general here. Talk about why it's important to consider font selections on your web design projects and, and the roles that typography plays in web design projects or in design projects altogether? I think you put it perfectly there because the topic might be a bit intimidating for beginners or people starting out since it's, I guess, one of or the subject in design theory with the most rules or, say, guidelines. And um, I have to go back a step here because um, uh, and tell a bit about my story where I came in contact with typography and this was basically in design school i already was a web designer or let's say webmaster back then in 2002 or three or four in those days where css wasn't that popular even and in this time I um, encountered designing in the browser and I really liked that and after that I decided to go to design school and have formal education there but when I was there in the first semester and uh, yeah, like <clears throat> the glory of typography touched me and hit me uh, <laughs> through the embodiment of my teacher, Giovanni De Faccio, an Italian. Uh, and he um, taught us about in his very calm and, uh, and charming way, what difference it makes because we set words and context in, in, in typefaces. And it's like the, con the content and the shape, they meld together and they create this, this, this appearance that you cannot separate from each other. And I think this happens in typography or it's the closest in typography because the words, the message and the shape are one basically in this situation. And when I was in design school and I was in the first semester, just started out with it and learned some basic rules. I had an epiphany or this was a very strong moment. I learned about that you should space out all caps lines. If you said something in all caps lines, you should space it out slightly so that the, um, the distance between the individual letters seem harmonious or something like that. And I learned that basically typography 101. And one evening I stepped into the shower and after, I guess, a long day at university and was tired so on, and I grabbed the shampoo bottle and then I couldn't believe what I just saw. It just struck me. The letters on the label, they were not properly spaced. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe it. The world fell apart for me because how could I know that just after some weeks of education? And this was obviously done by an agency and they did not how, how could this be? Because it looks so much better, more even professional when you space things out. This is just a tiny detail. But this, it came to me that obviously not everybody is so much into typography. Even the professionals are not so much into it. But they should be because we as designers have the duty or the obligation to our clients to shape their message the best way possible. And since everything I cannot imagine a website or an app without some text. And the text becomes basically the physical representation of your branding on the, and of your functionality. And this is why you 
you definitely should care about typography. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, a, an inspiring story. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very passionate about it. I thought you were going to say that you took the shampoo bottle and you started making a new typography on the walls of your bathroom or something. So it took a different direction, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad it took the direction that it did. <laughs> I, I think the question that uh, probably a lot of new web designers are thinking about when it comes to typography and you know i understand the passion behind it and and looking professional but but why does it make that big of a deal you know like as designers i think we think well the imagery or the colors or or you know maybe some graphic elements those are the things that people are really attracted to when they say they see good design but but why why typography for you and and what sets apart good typography from just bad typography i know you mentioned the you know if something's in all caps you space it a little bit you know but but talk a little bit more about that yeah what the, the thing is Especially when we talk about web design, I, I'm doing a lot of web design, not just user interface things. I focus more on that part, but um, I did a lot of web design and branding stuff. So the type becomes your visual identity because imagine a website, if you take a look at it on your phone, you don't have a lot of space for layout, big photos or, or stuff. You still have colors. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an integral part of it, but type is everywhere. And this is something most people don't see because it's like it's the shape of their voices. It's the, it sets the tone, it sets the stage, it sets the feeling. Just imagine if your dentist had uh, a logo set in Comic Sans. Just imagine it. You, you have, <laughs> yeah. you have some emotions on that and you, you, you cannot think about it, but you feel it immediately. You feel it and see it immediately. Even before you read it, you, you get this feeling. You get this feeling of, why is it so childish? It doesn't fit. And a lot of people pick on Comic Sans, but I have three daughters and they gave me some Father's Day presents and they were all all set in comic sense from different, from the, from, from elementary school and different kindergartens and so on. But it fit the purpose. It was the best typeface the uh, teachers could pick on Word or something. It fit the purpose. So it always depends on the application of curve, of course, but you always have a strong feeling about that. And if people only invested a bit of time looking through some fonts and finding out what are appropriate fonts. So, and this is basically the, the one thing that, that sets bad typography from good apart, um, or good from bad apart, which is, is the typeface and the way you set it, does this fit the application? Is this, is this, is this something that's from, from, from the, from the theme or, or from the atmosphere it creates, but also from the functional aspect. So I, I'd say there are two basic fundamentals on this. One is font follows feeling and the other one is font follows function. Um, font follows feeling is, I think, a bit more, even more important than the second one. Yes, it has to be functional and be read, but first we have to open our hearts and minds to it. Because if we don't find it appealing or it fits the purpose of the, of the application, then we wouldn't read it anyway. So if it was functional, great, but if you don't draw people in there, 
it's it's basically pointless. I, I wonder if we could take it a step back a little bit, and and if you could just explain maybe kind of a brief overview of the different types of fonts that are out there, what what types to be looking for. Um, you you mentioned Comic Sans, which is you know kind of an inside joke for most designers. Um, I'm seeing it, I, I'm seeing it kind of turning around. We see some folks who are you know using Comic Sans and some brutalism web design, which I I appreciate them kind of going against the grain. Um, but but talk a little bit about serif, sans serif, monospace, uh, condensed, all of that stuff, and as best as you can, just using words, <laughs> describe like the the visual components of all those things. Yeah, sure. So um, basically, as a broad categorization of typefaces, a, a categorization of anything is only as helpful as you can apply it to your decision making, or if it helps you make a, a decision. So, um, classify classification of typefaces is a is a topic on its own and it's a very broad topic, and it the lines get blurry very soon. Just to say that in advance, but there are some broad categories, as you can say, and. Of course, we can start off with the serif typefaces. These are the more traditional typefaces because we are more familiar with them. Serifs are these little end strokes or whatever, these tiny feet you see on the stems of the letters. And they come from some handwritten tradition, which was then put into into metal. And then uh, this basically took over as, as the more traditional things. Think of times or times in Roman or basically the same typeface, but think of times as, a, as an example for serif typeface. And then we have slab serif typefaces. These are the typefaces where the serifs are very, very strong and sturdy and pretty loud, actually. Yeah? You, all, you also could think of, of Memphis. This would be a, a rather popular typeface on that, or Roboto slab or something like this. And then we have sans serif. This is basically, the, the fun thing there is, is it's defined by not having serifs. <laughs> it's beside by not having serifs, yeah? And this is like something, for example, Open Sans or San Francisco or Helvetica. These are typefaces, or Futura. These are typefaces that are sans serif typefaces. They might be conceived more modern or, uh, yeah, universal, but they also can be a bit dry. It always depends on the kind of application where you want to use it and if it fits the purpose. And coming back a bit on the on the on the serif side, this might be a bit more traditional, warmer, elaborate, and you can say that this is more institutional. If you pick a serif typeface, maybe you could say that this maybe for a new um, um, venture or a new um, company or something, and they want to look as if they were established 50 years before that or something, and be more confident, then you might pick a serif typeface, for example. Or, and the slab serifs are more yeah, bold and strong and look at me, look at me, and, <laughs> for example. Yeah. And yeah. then we have various display typefaces like handwritten or script, or uh, which are more calligraphic. The handwritten have more this kind of casual vibe where you could imagine somebody just writing it with their own hands. And these script typefaces are more like on a wedding invitation or which, which are more flourish and, um, and a classical, for example. And then monospace typefaces, of course, we see a lot when it comes to coding because it's easier to code in monospace. Imagine you would code in Times New Roman or something. It would be horrible because you wouldn't see your errors. And um, 
And a lot of developers are drawn to monospace typefaces. I love them a lot as well. But for reading texts, they are not that pro uh, ideal for long reading texts since every character has to have the same width. And so the word shapes get rather long and it's you need a lot of space to set text on there. And yeah, and I think then you have one last category as most... Um, Google fonts and Adobe fonts and other um, uh, foundries or places where you can install your fonts say, and this might be then the display typefaces. And this is like everything that doesn't fit in the other um, categories, <laughs> more or less. But yeah, um, yeah. so um, the more striking, interesting, theme kind of um, typefaces, like something with dripping blood or whatever, or inline strokes in there or, or something like that. So that's purely used. And this is basically one, one, one takeaway already. Display typefaces should be used for display text, which is text, short and large text for a title, for a heading, for something that you rather see than read. So, and, uh, and, and you wouldn't use, please just don't use display typefaces for body text. If you, if you remember this from this episode, you're good. I'd love it if we could dive in a little bit. You, you mentioned kind of the difference between form and function. Um, and even matching the feeling of the type with the project that you're trying to have a good design representation. So how does, how does one go about figuring out what a type feels like and then matching that to the feeling that a brand or project or whatever is, is going for? Like, does that come through just trial and error? Like, is it the feeling that you're getting yourself? Are you asking other people what they feel about the fonts like how do you how do you become a good student of typography and and matching those good types for the clients that you're working with yeah yeah it's a lot of trial and error basically and your taste elab uh, evolves of course it's like with wine or gin in my side it's gin here but uh and in the beginning it all tastes the same it all looks the same but <laughs> but it makes a difference of course and it's but it's not only for the people who see it or feel it this is also a lot of, has a lot to do with cultural references and uh, it might be a bit different in the united states it might be a bit different here in austria and um I see that in the States, you have more websites using serif typefaces and um, obviously or interestingly. And here we all, we, we're more drawn to sans serif, whatever, I think because it's more modern or, or whatever. Um, yeah, you can, a process on picking or how to pick a good typeface for a project, I, I would go um, this direction and say, First of all, think about the primary application for your project. Is it a long reading format like a blog or or a or a or a, 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 a ebook or something like this? Is this something where you have is this very text heavy? Then you should look for something that uh, for body text. So body text would be your main focus. Uh, or if it's an, a user interface, then you should look for something 
for good functional text? Or is it something where it's basically just more imagery and setting this tone and short paragraphs of text, more marketing material stuff? Then it might be just okay to use some display text on that. So just think about the primary application first. And then, yeah, what kind of audience is visiting these websites? What expectations do they have from the from this company and or from this product or project? So um, always thinking about for for whom you are making this. And then the third part would be what kind of feeling or atmosphere you would want to convey. And as I already said, in this classification, you would say Serif is more classical and sense Serif is more modern, just to say this broad, a broad overview. Um, but you always will have to apply it in your design and see how it looks and feels and you kind of have to develop a taste for it. You I wrote a, an extensive post on that and I also made a video on that on my channel. So you could check this out if you want some visual examples. And uh, But I hope this is a broad overview of this part for this. So I wonder if you could just maybe give, because there's a lot of folks going, okay, like I'm sold. I, I need to focus on type a little bit more. Where where do they find resources for, you know, different fonts that they can use? Do, do you need to spend $300 to buy a font family every single time you want to add some font flavor to a project that you're doing? Or what, what are your go-to things that you use as a UI designer with typography? Basically, I signed up to a lot of newsletters on typography. <laughs> and I have one newsletter myself where I send out each Friday, it's Font Friday, and I send out a typeface, a, type, a, a font recommendation. Uh, every second week, it's a free one. Every second week, it's a paid one. So you have the option to have good quality free fonts. You don't have to always pay for a great typeface. There are a lot of really good typefaces out there. The problem with the really good ones or some good ones are that they are chronically overused. And I have also a video out there that's called Stop Using Open Sans. And it's not the reason why Open Sans. Open Sans isn't a bad typeface. It's nothing wrong with Open Sans specifically. It's, it's a good typeface. But it's the second most popular typeface on Google Fonts. And if you will use this typeface, you're going to look like everybody else. If you're not unique and you want to go in this, yeah, why not? Yeah. Just make your message the same as everybody else. And yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, use the same as everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, so um, but investing in a typeface, and there are also cheap op options there or, or, or options for smaller sites. Um is investing in your unique perspective, in your identity. And you can start with, let's say, $30 for a typeface. So it's okay. So, yeah. And so one place I'd go for paid fonts, for example, would be Future Fonts. Future Fonts is a great site where you can um, support typefaces that are in progress. And uh, you basically, once, if you, if you um, contribute early, you pay less. And if you contribute later, you pay more, basically. And they are more focused on the kind of display typefaces, these more wonky and fun and, uh, and larger and very cool and crazy typefaces. They are not so focused on text-heavy stuff. Uh, this is one resource. And there's also the Fresh Fonts newsletter I would recommend. And also I Love Typography. It's also a foundry now they sell, or a marketplace where they sell um, typefaces. And they also have a great newsletter where you can find new inspiration for typefaces. Well, Oliver, thank you so much for coming on the show and 
and sharing your typography wisdom. It's been it's been awesome to get to know you. Hey, if somebody is trying to find you, uh, I know you mentioned uh, Pimp My Type on YouTube, but where else might somebody go to connect with you online? I'm on Twitter and I'm Glyphe there. It's Glyph with an E at the end, German word for Glyph. And you can rant about typography there. You t- uh, just mention me if you have pain in your heart and see something terrible. I'm going to suffer with you together and then it's yeah less suffering, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we will have you on again and we'll talk more in depth about typography and, and how to use it as a web designer. But really appreciate you being on. Sure. Thanks a lot. And yeah, it was an honor and a pleasure and see you. I love it when people are really passionate about what they do. And you can tell that Oliver is passionate about typography and he's got some really good insight about how to become better as a web designer by focusing on typography. So check out the links that he mentioned in the show notes. And at the end of the day, if you want to get better at typography, you've just got to practice it. Remember, no one is born a good designer. It takes work and it takes effort. So if you feel like you've got a long way to go to get better at what you do as a web designer, be encouraged, my friends. Most of us feel that way. And the only way to get better is to get to work. All right, that's it for this episode. Join us next week when we've got another episode dropping Wednesday night at midnight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until then, keep going for it. And don't forget, if you don't quit, you win.